Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Life on Mars. I'm Alexi, I'm founder of Mars Space, and today we'll be talking about something special, breaking news. There's two great pieces of news in the Barcelona startup ecosystem that just happened overnight or have been announced in the last 24 hours and I decided let's talk about it because I think it's great news for the ecosystem. Two big news, uh, first of them is that Factorio raised $123.5 million in a Series C of funding led by Atomico and Tiger Global. And uh, Factorio, as you know, it is a great uh, company hailing from Barcelona, doing an HR uh, platform for, uh, for B2B. And they have been created by the founders of Kamalun, uh, Kipu, uh, Itnik, among others. And they are also great friends of the company because not only they are built with Ruby and Rails, but also because we have been collaborating with them since the early beginnings of the company. Because we, as a matter of fact, we started hosting the startup brand events at the Itnik headquarters in uh, the district of Poblano in Barcelona. The second Piece of news is that Cantox, another Ruby on Rails company, coincidentally, has sold to BNP Paribas for $120 million. Uh, has been announced today. We don't know the exact date of the of the operation when it uh, concluded, but it has been announced today or uh, tomorrow, uh, yesterday at night. I remember reading it after midnight. Great news as well. Also, Cantox is one of the first companies we contacted in Barcelona. They contacted us. Even though we've never worked together with neither of the companies, uh, we're very good friends with them. As a matter of fact, I am an investor in Cantox. Uh, I joined them in, I think it should have been the late seed or the Series A uh, series um, of funding back in 2015. That was my first angel investment. So obviously, great news also on a personal level. But the reason why I'm bringing this up and why I think this will increase the GDP of the Barcelona startup ecosystem is because big funding rounds and more so uh, M&A operations, large M&A operations like the exit of a startup or even IPOs are great, great, great ways of creating new entrepreneurs and bringing more money back into the ecosystem, right? So the not only the founders of these companies will have more cash to to invest and diversify and just help other entrepreneurs in turn in the ecosystem. Because in the case of Factorio, for instance, they still have the obligation of obviously building the company, but on the side, they're doing some investment. As a matter of fact, the founders of Factorial are also the managing partners. Two of them, Jordi and Bernat, are two of the managing partners of the Idnik Fund One, where I'm also an LP. Um, and so they have been already angel investing and investing through this vehicle uh, with uh, in, in, in the Barcelona startup ecosystem. They have invested in companies like Kubo, like Corain, like Payflow, like uh, Sierra Coffee, Hireflix, and, and a bunch of others. Um, but in the case of Cantox, uh, the founders, uh, I know for a fact that Philippe, the CEO, has also been doing some angel investing in fintech-based startups. But... Uh, after the obligation or the contractual obligation of having to stay in the company or, or in the acquiring company for a few years, maybe they will be turning again into uh, the founders of another company or they will become VCs in a, in a firm because usually large exits 
um, are also a good way for one to get the credibility and and be accepted as a limited partner, even as a as a, as a partner, full time partner, at some specialized VC or one of the VCs that have led the round or have invested big time in these companies, right? So in this case, two operations with very similar numbers, 120 million, roughly, both of them. Um, these are large numbers, not perhaps not the largest numbers we've seen in, in Barcelona. In terms of investment, definitely, because this way Factorial achieves the, uh, the so sought-after uh, unicorn status that maybe is not as cool as it was in 2014, so to speak. But definitely... It makes a lot of sense right now in this bearish market, in the financial crisis, in, you know, it's basically wartime for startups when a lot of them have had to uh, cut down on expenses, lay off a lot of people. We've just uh, gone through uh, this layoff season in, 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 a, in a lot of companies. We've seen it. We've seen it in, uh, in Facebook. We've seen it in Netflix. We've seen it in Klarna. We've seen it in Revolut. We've seen it in like all the big players and startups that just wanted to to drop some weight and and reach profitability or make the numbers a little bit better for the for the investors because they were bracing themselves against this sort of I don't know financial winter. And so I think it's a great achievement for Factorial to to get this status to reach the status of unicorn not not for the status per se but because I think that it proves that great companies can be built also amidst this kind of um, country or adverse situations. There's certainly not a great economic landscape out there. It's more difficult than ever to raise money. It's more difficult than ever to sell. It's more difficult than ever to hire people. And so they've proven a lot of people wrong. Uh, it goes to show that not only they have a great business, but also that they can build a larger one. If Big players like Atomico and Tiger Global and also all the other uh, VCs that they've got. I think they also have uh, Creandum. I think they've got also KFUN and and some others. Um, it goes to, to show that they believe they've seen, obviously these big VCs have seen a lot of companies that probably talked, even maybe have invested in their competitors. But they are now showing that they believe that Factorial can be the number one player in this landscape, in their sector. So great news for the ecosystem because that brings a lot of credibility to the Barcelona startup ecosystem. And more than anything, I think that, as I mentioned, this creates ecosystem. This gives back money to entrepreneurs. They will... Uh, People who have worked or are still working at Factorial, they will become the next generation of entrepreneurs because they will have been part of one of the largest scale-ups in the company, one of the fastest-growing companies in the Barcelona startup ecosystem, and one of the uh, most successful um, examples of how to build a technological company in the B2B space. So therefore, people who have learned throughout all these years and during the the highs and lows of, of Factorial, they will then have the experience and perhaps also the money to build new ventures based on whatever they've learned or some market opportunities they have identified while at Factorial. And I'm pretty sure that Bernard, Jordi, and the rest of folks at the Idnik Fund One, they will be the first to back people who quit Factorial to create their own venture because uh, it has happened. As a matter of fact, the 
The Indic Fund One invested in Latitude, which is a company created by Cesar Miguelañez, former product at Factorial. So I'm pretty sure that there will be more Cesars in the next few years. Uh, the, the current VPs or even C-levels of the company will just quit and, and go for a new venture whenever the company turns to weak or things change or they lose mo motivation or they find a good opportunity. And so with all that accumulated expertise, know-how, a few hires, and a bunch of a bunch of tickets and checks from, from angel investors, they will create new ventures. So that creates an ecosystem. As I said, big M&As, big uh, financial rounds of funding, they create ecosystem. Uh, in both cases, they're super positive. Um, on a technological level, which might be less relevant perhaps to a lot of people, but it's very relevant for us because two companies using Ruby and Rails have been have proved that you can still build companies with Ruby and Rails. And I'm pretty sure that a lot of people creating the new companies, um, branching off or forking from, from or, or spinning off from, from Factorial and Cantox, they might choose to start their new companies using Ruby and Rails because that's what they use. That's what they are um, that, that they have learned. That's what they have seen the developers in this company using. So they they, they might think, oh, um, it worked out pretty well. It was fast enough to prototype. It was uh, it kept the developers happy. It was difficult to hire, definitely. But um, the ROI on on building um, projects with Ruby and Rails is sufficiently interesting to give it another go. So I think it's great news overall. And to a certain extent, I also wanted to, to comment on one theory that I had that I've been consolidating over the years. That is that we are right now seeing the, maybe not the peak, but we're starting to, to ascend pretty high on the third wave of startups in Barcelona. Namely, we had a first wave um, of startups, the, the the creators of the Spanish internet in the in the 1990s, it was um, you know kind of companies like Intercom, Infojobs, every every company that derived from Intercom, like Infojobs, uh, the Trovits, uh, the the Softonics, the uh, El Tenedor, um, so all of these kind of companies that were super oriented in the Spanish-speaking market. Maybe they expanded internationally to go to Latin America because of a language um, thing, and they wouldn't encounter the, the language barrier of having to speak English. Most of the CEOs of these companies or the founding members of these companies, even the investors, they didn't speak English back then because they belong to a generation that didn't learn English in their high school or middle school or even elementary school because, you know, I think that it was until the 70s people would learn French as a first foreign language in Spain, right? And also, English was never really spoken in, in Spain until, you know, well late into the 2000s. But... um. But um, so they they never needed English to to go out and negotiate because everything was kind of like financed through Spanish banks and and even some Spanish VCs and and traditional investors and whatnot. So they didn't really need English. So these companies were mostly e-commerces. They were marketplaces. They were pretty reliant on SEO, uh, lots of content, lots of, as I said, like uh, marketplaces and, and e-commerces are the, the ones that come top of the mind. They were called the internet businesses then digital businesses, but they, were, they weren't even called startups because we didn't use that word back in the day. Um, so this first generation or first this first wave of startups 
are the ones that whenever they made it big, they IPO, they sold the company, whatnot, they turn into either serial entrepreneurs, like in the case of Nacho Gonzalez Barros, the founder of InfoJobs, who then went on to create Neurona, Niumba, Salir.com, MailTrack, Hireflix, and whatnot, and others, they or they have become angel investors because um, these might have been the first generation of angel investors that were not former bankers. Because back up until, up until I would say, I'm just throwing random numbers here, but maybe 2005, even 2010, all of the angel investors in the, um, in the, in the market or in the Spanish startup ecosystem were former bankers or just wealthy people who just wanted to help their friends and then give them, loan them some money. Uh, but no real experience in startups whatsoever. So their contribution were mostly monetary only. And they, they didn't understand the dynamics of of digital businesses, of internet, of SaaS, of recurring revenue, of uh, investing in growth, or you know uh, other kind of uh, caveats and 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 shenanigans of these kind of of these kind of companies, right? But but they provided financial uh, strength to the companies and maybe some advice, but they weren't really really helpful in what we would call today the smart uh, investment, right? Smart money. But then again, the second then came the second uh, wave of startups, which we saw. Um, I, I dated between the years two thousand eight and two thousand fourteen, more or less. Uh, so after the 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 financial crisis that we had, or throughout the financial crisis two thousand eight, and then up until two thousand fourteen, for me, it's a, it's an arbitrary number, but uh, but more or less, that's when the second wave of startups started and lived. And the main difference between the first and the second is that the second is either people from the first one with an international co-founder, say an expat or somebody who, who just relocated to Barcelona or has been invested by the people, the angel investors that were created in the first wave of startups, right? So in this case, our companies that because they have um, in a lot of cases, it's one local guy with an international guy. So therefore, they're English first, uh, global market oriented. So always thinking bigger, perhaps uh, looking to go to the US. They have raised money abroad, not from Spanish investors. There's companies like, and typically they're more like B2C because that was the explosion of like the Groupons, Groupalias, Privalias. Um, delivery companies, uh, Clovo, there was Typeform, Body. Um, so all of these companies that, you know, in the case of Glovo, there's uh, Sasha, who is from the UK, if I'm not mistaken, and Oscar is from Barcelona. In the case of Cantox, who is also part of it, maybe they are not B2C, but they belong definitely to the second wave. There's uh, Tony, who is from Mallorca, with uh, Philippe, who is from France. Then there's, you've got other companies like, oh, Typeform, you know, for instance, uh, two of the, 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 the two founders of of type from one of them is from Barcelona, the other one, David, is a mashup from like Belgium, UK, and, and some other countries. Hard to pinpoint where he's from. Um, uh, what else? What other companies? I mean, top of mind, other other companies are from, from that era probably would say Badi, would say Cameloon, uh, other companies from there, but typically very B2C oriented, right? And they might have been 
big companies or not the big, but the, as I said, main difference is the first wave, Spanish speaking, only Spanish markets. Then the second wave is English first and global oriented from day one. And now I'm focusing on the third wave, which I believe is going to be a game changer for Barcelona because this third wave is mostly B2B. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with who are the founders, um, who are the investors, what they've done differently. It's mostly companies created around year 2014 onwards, and they have been focusing heavily on B2B. Cantox was perhaps a little bit ahead of their time, and um, it shows that their their growth was, they kind of like hit a plateau uh, for, for a couple of years back in 2014 and, and whatnot, because maybe... Spain and Barcelona in particular didn't have the the credibility in B2B, right? But somebody had to start. We haven't had a lot of successes in B2B or or companies paving the way for the new generation. So in a way, I think Cantox has done that for a lot of companies coming after. But in this third wave, we are seeing companies like Travel Perk, Easy Pace. Um, I've got a few over here. A Happy Scribe. Factorial, of course, Exotica, Amenities. So these companies that they are B2B heavily focused on the uh, introducing the playbooks for sales from American startups, uh, very culture oriented, strong leadership, very oriented towards community as well. Um, great product, great technology, and they know their shit because most of them, they have identified something that was missing in the in the value proposition chain, and they have decided to tackle that. Uh, from, for instance, in the case of Travel Perk, Avi from now the CEO of Travel Perk uh, used to work at at Booking.com uh, with Javi. Oh, maybe he didn't work at Booking.com. Booking.com bought his previous company, I think, uh, Hotel Ninjas, if I remember correctly. Um, don't quote me on this. I know Javi, uh, one of the co-founders of Travel Perk, did work at Booking.com, so I'm, I'm right on this one. And he asked the people at Booking.com whether they would be doing B2B because he wanted to do build Booking.com for B2B. And Booking said, no, we're not going to do that because we we only have like 9% of the market and we we want to tap on the other 91% that's left. So definitely B2B is not a priority. So Javi went on and recruited or convinced Avi to... To create Travel Perk, which is which is essentially uh, Booking.com for B2B, right? So I'm very excited about this as somebody who builds B2B, as somebody who sells B2B, and more than anything, as somebody who invests as an angel investor in in B2B. Um, or I always say that I invest in B2B startups and B2C that they don't know yet that they're going to be B2B, right? Because that's where the money is. And so very excited about this because this creates a new landscape of opportunities. This proves that B2B and, and enterprise software can be built from Barcelona. And there's a there's a, a great um, selection of companies that are proving this. So in a way, Cantox and Factorial have just paved the way for new for this new generation, for this new wave of startups. We will see more because um, there's a time for market consolidation. And we have seen a lot of consolidation, and, and I have commented on that in previous episodes uh, in the in the consulting or, or, or agencies sector. A lot of them have exited or have, have merged in the last year. 
in the last year, in the last mm, 12 months. We will see more in the B2B space, and I'm really excited about what's to come for the future of the Barcelona startup ecosystem. So without without further ado, just wanted to, to send my congratulations to both teams. They're great friends, good people overall. They're great. They're doing great service to the to the uh, to the city of Barcelona, to the ecosystem as a whole, and I wish them good and the best continuation for their success. So um, let's stay let's stay tuned for more news, and see you in the next episode. Bye. <laughs>